0: Welcome to Past Bedtime Talks, a brand new series from Past Bedtime Studio where we discuss storytelling, production, a host of related topics and anything else we find influential in our creative pursuits. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and visit us on pastbedtimestudio.com for more information. I'm your host Shahab. And today I'm sitting down with Amir and Reza, two of my good friends, and joining me today for this discussion, Jeremy.
1: All right, this is the second episode of Past Bedtime Talks. Welcome, guys. Welcome, Amir. Welcome, Reza. How are you guys?
2: Good.
3: I'm good. Thanks for having me.
2: Hey, I'm good. Thanks for having me too.
3: And I'm sitting also with Jeremy. How are you, Jeremy? I am good.
2: Thank you.
1: How's how's your day? Busy. Busy, I believe so. I believe you're being... As per usual. As per usual, (laughs) a busy man in his world. Yeah. Uh, Amir and Reza, uh, you guys are... I I want you guys to introduce yourself. Please, go ahead.
3: My name is Reza. I'm a biological science student at the University of Manitoba, and I am 21 years old.
2: Well, my name is Amir. I also do English and psychology at the University of Manitoba as well, and I'm 21 years old as well and yep that's okay and you guys are you're so young
1: I know it's like young people I'm literally
2: th- 10 years older than
3: you <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't tell well thank you See, yeah you guys are like 4 years nice younger than me. Boy, boy, boy. that's good I guess
1: <laughs> so today I'm gonna t- we will talk about suspense of disbelief um, you know the definition in in, in, in internet and Wikipedia actually uh, was it, meant it means like uh, as if as uh, if uh, w- um, Watching it, a, a fictional movie, uh, some kind of like superhero, something unbelievable, and people unrealistic, would unrealistic yeah. yeah, and people would be trying to sacrifice the logic in their mind and try to um, yeah. commerce themselves with the idea of, you know, this uh, unrealistic thing, right? What What do you guys uh, have? You guys uh, seen any kind of movie like that recently?
3: I watched Deadpool too, so that would be super fictional, I'd say. It is. It was one, one of my all-time favorites too. So <laughs> yeah,
1: who doesn't love Deadpool movies, right? In general, yeah. What do you think? Uh, uh, what 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 about us, What was about that movie that was unrealistic for
3: you? Well, there's a lot of unrealistic things in Deadpool two and one. Well, the whole franchise, you could call it. Uh, the idea of supernatural powers, and the fact that you could go back and change time. Uh, well, the company Marvel makes a lot of uh, superhero movies, right? There's Ant-Man, Iron Man, Captain America, etc. And then the Avengers franchise. And the whole idea of this comes from a fictional world where the impossible is possible, where we have powers. We are not simply humans, but something more. You right. know? And, yeah. It's, it's, it's really fun. Uh,
1: Marvel... I love Marvel uh, cinematic, uh, cin- cinematic Universe. It's really fun to watch it, and I agree with you. It's really uh, well. Obviously, it's based on comic books, and when we when you think about comic books, you always think about superheroes uh, on uh, events that are impossible to uh, to s- to happen. Yeah, yeah. most of them are imagination. I know that Jeremy is a uh, one huge fan of comics, right? I used to collect comics. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that was great. He has a lot of comics. I've seen it. Yes. Uh, what was the what was the movie, like, a recent movie you watched that was related to comics or something unrealistic?
4: Uh, actually, it would have been Deadpool 2. Um,
1: before that, it was Avengers. Oh,
4: yeah, of course. Yeah, the latest Avengers.
1: The Infinity War, yeah. right? Yeah, that's that movie put a good tear on everyone's face to I was be not happy about that movie that why <laughs> I was really pissed I think why? I know why well, <laughs> spoiler yeah. alert probably. spoiler alert of course <laughs> but I think it was good but we are not gonna go there but what about this um, kind of s- the suspension that is of dis- this the, the suspension of disbelief in it is hard for people to understand you know because when I think about uh, a, a, a viewer Or uh, an audience A person who's watching that Does this uh, Suspend of disbelief Does this uh, Thing Affect my uh, uh, Enjoyment Or my inter? Like does it affect me To watch the movie Like would it hurt me From watching it What do you guys think Because every time I watch a movie That is unrealistic Such as any kind kind of comic book I don't really think of think of it as a as as a, a real thing. It, I think of it as a complete imagination, a complete. I know I'm aware of its uh, unrealistic events and unrealistic uh, uh, elements of the movie. It doesn't ever occur to me to believe that this thing might be true. What if this is kind kind of affects uh, my day-to-day life? You know, I I never thought of. You know because it it I doesn't i don't get
3: really close to understand that this belief should be something real uh we sh- of course we everyone has to know the difference between reality and fictional, right when mm-hmm. you go and watch a movie that's just the movie right you go to the theater you sit down you have your popcorn you watch the movie and you enjoy it and then you finish and you come out back to the real world right right the ideas that come for the movies I mean, this will enter a little bit into a controversy, but I would say it's impossible for all the ideas to come from simply imagination and like non realistic sources, right? Right. So a small idea of it I would say example would be Iron Man, right? Iron Man has no super power. All he is is a millionaire, right? A billionaire, let's call it. Mm-hmm. And he's so rich and he is a mechanic and he's really smart and he makes this suit right from metal which gives him power such as flying picking up heavy stuff etc so that's not really impossible when you think about it yeah of course we could have a lot of other billionaires who were rich enough and want to be something more and they use their money and influences to make something like that so the idea that all these Entertainment, movies, and ideas come from something that's not real, right? I wouldn't necessarily agree with that because as much as ideas for movies and stuff have to come from fiction and imagination, there have has to be some form of connection to it, between what's possible, even though it's like impossible. There has to be a minimalistic connection to it, mm-hmm. you know, like someone who can't die, Deadpool. Right, that we know that's impossible. Right, he can he because as soon as he has this cancer, he regenerates. Right, so he will never die. But Iron Man, well, you could say that someone tried that. He got caught, and then the idea came word from word, and someone tried to make a movie about it. Yeah, and that's how the beginning of a franchise like started.
1: Right, I agree. Uh, It's kind of uh, the, it's actually defines the suspension of this disbelief because we are sacrificing the, the, the logic about this and to look, just for the purpose of entertainment I completely agree
2: so you said uh, they're gonna make like the suit for the guy from the mental things because he's billionaire and he can afford it actually so yeah. so why we usually don't use that suit in the real life?
3: what do you mean why don't we do it in real life?
2: if we can make something like that why don't usually do that?
3: well
1: I think they are doing it I think well I don't want to go to political and uh, you know uh, controver- controversial uh, theory but I feel like uh, you know governments already have no
2: I'm not talking about governments like, like the billionaire guys they should, they should it shouldn't be like a governmental place right like a regular like a Mark Zuckerberg he is a uh, I don't think he needs,
1: well, I don't think he needs But he has to. enough money to make
2: something like that Of course he has, yeah, so.
1: but I don't think he needs to do it Why would he do it? Uh, would he want to save the world? Or, because what was the Tony Stark's idea of having that uh, Or creating that uh, suit He wanted to kind of save the people that he, he, tro- he loves and believes, right?
2: But he can sell the, this suit, actually
3: Also, one point that's needed to be mentioned Is that he got all this money and influence because he had a company that sold gun. So if there were not wars, he would never get that rich. True, you know? right. So then we would enter into this cycle where you have to have a conflict for him to have enough money in order to then build something then to want to save the world in which he helped, you know, mess up. Right, well, so and also, also...
4: also in, that, in that story, he sort of um, invented a basically unlimited source of energy. In also, order to make the that arc, suit work. Uh, yeah, the arc reactor. reactor yeah. So, also,
3: I'm sorry. Another thing would be that the, the big the, the reason he did that was to save himself. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. So it he came from Ill, a selfish right? desire. But, well, when they hit him in the movie, when they hit him in the in, if anyone hasn't seen Iron Man one, <laughs> I doubt it, but spoilers. When they hit the car that he was in, there was a bit of a sh- sh- shrapnel in his heart, uh, and in order to save himself, part, yeah. in the cave. Uh, he made that battery, which was keeping him alive. Yeah. So it was from a selfish reason to save himself. That's where it all began. True. Yeah. True.
4: Which kind of encapsulates his character pretty well. Correct. He is, yeah. he can be quite selfish.
1: True. So let's let's use that concept. Mark Zuckerberg would never would do something like that because his life is not in danger and. You don't have any reason for him to build something or a weapon or uh, uh, a suit of armor to just to you know save people or you know have it or sell it i don't have like i don't think there is any reason for mark zuckerberg or any kind of billionaire to do such a thing because then again that would be kind of a, like let's i imagine like if someone or a millionaire tried to build something like that the government would sc- like completely try to use that guy, or uh, you know, use his resources for their own uh, uh, military, uh, you know, uses. In my opinion,
2: like uh, there should be procedure where they use that mental thing to create that suit. Okay, there should be a procedure. They can duck, get it the and then put it to the suit and something just happened. Okay, so uh, what is that procedure that usually use? There is a thing. There is imagination. Thing is in the writer, in the in the mind. He used that to create a movie, or I don't know a, a story, or something like that. So I'm talking about that part. It's not realistic. He said, "Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna create a story. The guy in my story gonna have a suit, and this suit made of these things." But he didn't say how it, he made that suit. Okay, mm-hmm. that's my that's my point. The procedure. Of yeah, like like spider man. How he can wear clothes like that, and look like, how he can wear like have the like, that thing is that
1: web shooters.
2: Yeah, web shooters in his arms.
3: It was a machine that he made. Yeah, it a it in the movie.
2: Actually, it wasn't the machine. It was in his hand. No,
1: the, no, the, the original spider The first one. The yeah, first one. Yeah, but I'm talking okay. about t- t- uh, Tobey Maguire Maguire, Mag- Maguire. 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 Yeah. Tobey Maguire. Uh, yeah. No. Uh, well, it because. Uh, the source of the superheroes are all coming from comic book. Uh, most of the writers and uh, you know writers and the directors or producers from uh, you know movie companies they don't use the whole uh, concept art or the concepts or the resources from the comic. Well, when when Marvel themselves they start to create the movies of uh, the, their comic their own comic book they start. Using the resource from the comic book to be more accurate in the movies. That's why uh, I understand it's completely uh, it's 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 u- is a perfect use of suspension of disbelief because it's kind of not logical to have such uh, resources to have this specific item that is uh, unbreakable, unterrible. You know, it's they don't they have their own unique uh, elements of um, specific things. So I agree.
2: But I have a question. <clears throat> you guys, I guess you're a big fan of the, mm, like mm, these kind of movies. So what makes you guys to just see these movies? I mean, like, what is it that thing commits you guys to see that movie? Like spending two hours in, uh, in front of TV and watching that movie and enjoying that. What is that point?
4: Hmm. Well, I mean, I guess you have to decide if two hours of um, keeping up your logical faculties or over the sake of uh, relaxing a bit is is worth it or not. Uh, for me, I enjoy movies. Um, I mean, it's it's really tough to say. I mean, some people struggle with this more than others. Yes, yeah, right. it's really kind of a personal thing. Uh, I think as a there's something really primal about storytelling. You know for us as humans our language was you know i think we we used it very early on in order to tell stories to each other yeah so you know it's, it's kind of all in the same vein but yeah i don't know what do you think
3: well as your question said was why do we watch these type of yeah. like why do we enjoy them is that what you mean or what makes it
2: actually both of them. I mean, like, why do you usually watch them? I am a huge fan of
3: movies, right? Movies, TV shows, uh, cartoons, etc. And for me, it's not that I... Every story, every movie, every TV show, they all have a message, right? A message that someone wants to tell you. You're usually the director or the producer of that show, movie, or cartoon, right? And... These messages are really, have helped me a lot to form, I guess, my, my characteristics, right? Uh, every superhero movie, right? Heroes are known as our selflessness, right? They sacrifice themselves to help others. Save yeah. Right? Yeah, others, and right. so I watch a lot of superhero movies and I see that, and I know that's not real, but I use the message that that movie gives In my daily life, I go to the university, and someone asks for help, and I know sometimes I'm not going to be able to help them, but even so, I still sacrifice that something I have to do in the daily in my daily day, and I help them. Your free time, so I use that, or some other times they say that the goal is not to, like, look rich, but the goal is to be rich. So someone could have, let's say thousand dollars per two weeks right and make that much money someone would go buy uh, go shopping and buy lots of luxurious clothes and finish it up in a weekend someone else would save it right so save it and over time they would get something that will be useful for them let's say a computer let's say something else these lessons i've learned them more from movies because other than movies i don't think we have anything else that will give us moral lessons in life right we watch the news and there's nothing that ever happened uh we don't learn anything the the media trending is i have strong opinions about that one it's not going well at all and social media is not helping so my way to relax and learn more about how one should be is from movies tv shows and yes usually it's two hours but to me personally, it's worth it. So it's, it's
1: a subjective uh, uh, likes. Uh, also, I, I have this almost the same answer with uh, Jeremy and Riza. I I love watching movies. In I uh, enjoy getting entertained from different genres of movies. Um, I I imagine every time I watch a movie, I feel this uh, losing of uh, losing the 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 feeling of existence i always imagine myself that i'm part of that movie or i'm um, com- my complete uh, consciousness is inside that mo- story or movie that is telling the story i so as as jeremy said that uh, from the beginning, when humans learn the language, when they start speaking and telling a story, that story has it's a, a small sparkle of magic itself. So if you start listening to a story someone is telling you, you try you you try to with your all your essence of yourself, uh, sit down and listen carefully, imagine that thing. It's kind of an entertaining part of you. Um, what's in the our brain have this uh, s- s- uh, something that uh, every time we enter we get dopamines inter- dopamines yeah the dopamines of uh, when when every time we're watching a movie or listening to a story the dopamines are you know it's, 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 it's coming out right it's used is using it's that drug is coming to our brain so I love that I love I'm, I think I would be addicted to that dopamine because I enjoy listening and imagining Even though it's affecting, people could say that okay, if you're watching a movie or you try and um, movie story, any kind of thing, you're trying to get out of the reality. Uh, You're trying to not be part of the real world. I don't agree with that. Uh, As long as a human can, or uh, as long as a a person can uh, figure out what is real and what is unreal, that's that's line. Yeah, exactly. That's line. I think you can manage anything. And the entertainment part is just the fun part. Um, and the reason my I, I decided that my career wanna be, want to be a movie making uh, career, uh, like if you, if, if you like something, why don't you pursue it? That's my mode of life. So that's why I love watching this kind of movies.
3: I think the idea of us enjoying storytelling and listening to stories comes back from humans being social species. We want to socialize, and one of the reasons that we've survived so long is because we've learned to be together and socialize and come as a group, Communication. right? That has been one of our strongest uh, survival traits. Yeah. Right. But one thing that I would like to mention is that reading books is good, but for me, reading book is more of a like it's for me, but I can't use reading books in my daily life because I use the movies that I've seen, the TV shows that I've seen and everything, in order to communicate with people. I go to university and I say, hey, have you seen this movie? Hey, have you seen this TV show? If not, you should watch it. It has really good points. It gives you lessons. It, we command it it to recommend It says people. some things that you will agree with, right? And people like that sort of connections a lot. You would be able to get that ideas from book as well, I'll say that, but not as much as you should. Right. You, well, I mean, I think
4: as a medium, um, the written word is is always so much more powerful should you have the imagination to to really fully realize what someone has written down on the page. Like, I mean, I love movies, but I think... If it were between movies and books, I, I don't know if there's any doubt in my mind that books are. Are more. Powerful for your brain mm-hmm. in terms of forcing you to, um, really invest yourself and visualize what's going on, uh, whereas movies like they just show it to you, right? Yeah. It's kind of like um, it's like an instant gratification, right? Yeah. Books you need to you need to put a bit more work into, yeah. when you're reading them, which is you know maybe why. Uh, people gravitate more to uh, visual media because uh, primarily for us our eyes are our main uh, source of interacting with the world where something like a dog it's their nose so they smell in like degrees we can't even fathom and for us our eyes are sort of our source into the world so i think that's why movies are, are so powerful because you know that's like that's how we that's how we interact with the world but um yeah books definitely any print media requires a lot more of, um, an investment in, in your time and your own imagination. And I think, I think it's really the same thing with music, um, with classical music, especially, it requires you to kind of invest yourself a bit more. It's harder just to casually listen to it because it's so complex. And, um, so for me, like a great novel or something, uh, is it's difficult, but you know, I think worthwhile.
2: Yeah.
1: Well, I would remember uh, I was talking to you Amir about uh, you know sci-fi movies and uh, superhero movies. You told me what did you tell me? You remember? You told me you don't like to watch this science fictional movies and yeah uh, unrealistic movies. Why is that?
2: Well, first of all, that as you said is they are unrealistic. I mean, like I can't use them in my real life, mm. and that's the main problem for for me actually. So I'm going to say, if instead of like, watching a movie for two hours, I would prefer to do something else, which helps me in the future. And that's the main point for me. And I'm a guy who usually tries to learn everything, if every minute of my day. Okay, like every single day, I try to do that. So I'm going to say, if I want to take rest, okay, never mind, I'm going to do that. But during taking a rest, I would love to ta- learn something else. So, searching internet, I know, reading some books, these sort of things. Yeah, that's the reason why you don't like the realistic movies, unrealistic movies, sorry. Uh, no, that's, that's, a, why, yeah, yeah, right. that's why, yeah. Yeah, that's why. Is
1: it is it uh, hard for you to, um, you know, believe in this, imagine this, like, c- could I say that, am I right to say that uh, it's hard for you to believe or imagine unrealistic and... Um, st- ideas like superheroes yeah Yeah.
2: you said when you're watching movie you think you're part of that movie right? which is going on okay but for me i'm gonna say okay i'm gonna watch that movie and something unrealistic gonna happen but the point is it's just movie i'm not gonna believe that Mm -hmm. so that's everything for me
1: you know it's really confusing because uh, when we are when we are kids when we are infants our brain is uh starting to grow to learn to you know collect the data that is doing but there are some people who actually grow up in, in to, to in their adult life and there's still hard for them to believe in this unrealistic or logic to, to to hard to imagine these things kids would be like okay i can imagine it because i don't know nothing right but it's even adults are hard like for adults it's hard to for them to get that unrealistic thing I remember, um, uh, I, I, I haven't seen this movie, but I really am interested to watch this movie. It's called The Birdman uh, uh, from uh, 2014, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. and uh, one of the best, uh, what was his name? I forgot. Michael Keegan. Michael Keegan, yeah. Michael Keegan. Uh, he, well, he's the first Batman, I believe. Actor who played Batman in a yeah I guess in a movie in yeah. a movie yeah. yeah he he played the first Batman and he played Batman in this movie. He's uh, this the premise of the story from the trailer. What I got was that he the Michael is uh, a, a, an actor and uh, a famous actor in 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 theater and movies, but uh, some. Some for some reason he's depressed and he's uh, uh, losing the touch of real real world and logic world and he thinks that uh, he's also famous for this character called Birdman. It's a, a superhero band that he's had feathers and you know mask of a bird and he literally thinks he is Birdman. He lost the touch of the logic and the realistic realism realism. In his life, so he's imagining that. You know, it, it, this movie explains like, okay, even there are some adults for them to actually lose the touch of their logicness, and the suspension of their disbelief is completely disregarded for and uh, their real life. Uh, what do you guys think about that? And what happened next? I, mean, I actually haven't watched the movie. I really want to watch
3: the movie I've... and talk about it. It's just that I remember. I remember this. A I think you of, definitely have to watch the yeah. movie. It's a great movie. I've seen it twice. I think. Have you? I've seen it twice. It's a great movie. I got a different idea from it than you did, and okay. what you just said. Um, well, my idea was from the trailer. It's like yeah, from the trailer, of course. But it's a great movie, and it more mostly gives you about it tells you the experiences you have as a kid and as, as an old as a when you grow up, right? The difference between a child and an adult, and how. Things are different. How, as a kid, we have things that are impossible, but just as easily you believe them. And then when you're an adult, you see something impossible, but because you're an adult, and you, and you know the world is can't be like that, you don't believe it, right? It really kind of uh, challenges your thoughts about imagination and reality. So you should definitely watch that movie. Okay,
1: It's really interesting. Have you watched that movie, Jeremy? Yes, Um,
4: a long time ago. So uh, I don't remember the exact date and details about it, but um, I do remember it was good.
1: Jeremy, I have a question from you. I know that you are a writer. You like to write stories Mm -hmm. for your own and uh, the podcast itself, right? Um, Have you, uh, in the process of writing a story and thinking of, to what the direction of the story should go. Um, do you use the suspension of disbelief? Do you try to uh, sacrifice the logic every time you write a story about Or do you try to infuse your logical experience, the, lo- the experience that you know that are logical, to uh, use on the direction of the story? Well,
4: I know being being an artist, I mean, as a musician and a writer is... Is really about letting every experience you have affect your work in some way. I mean, I I can remember this one. Uh, I had dinner with a friend uh, a few months ago, and we we had talked about a lot of like political ideas. Okay. But the next day, I sat down and I wrote this um, beginning monologue to uh, one of the the Philip episodes. I don't remember yeah. which one it was, but you know, it's like you know, every book you read, every movie you see every conversation you have can be material for something or like can influence you to think in a certain way true yeah so i mean i, I try and take in everything as, as an artist to help me be a better one
1: it's really hard to always like think of two-sided because every time i think about uh, a movie we always think of what we always think about us watching the movie we never think about the writers the creators behind the movie how the movie. they are thinking and how would they heart like for example uh let's say the writers for Deadpool, right Wh- how did they come up with these ideas to what extent they actually uh, try to sacrifice the logical aspect of their uh, own belief and ideas it's really hard and it's interesting uh, process to know and like listen to it's really difficult i mean i I know for me, I'm a daydreamer. Like, I'm pretty sure on my report card in
4: grade two, the teacher was like, he daydreams a lot. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's a bad thing. Oh, you need to
1: talk to your parents right now <laughs> yeah, about that. Exactly.
4: But, I mean, I've always been like that. I've always um, had a really active imagination, so it was always easy for me to uh, put myself elsewhere. Yeah. Um, you know, whether it's a book or a video game or a movie, it's really easy for me to kind of, Involve myself in it on an emotional level. Mm. Yeah, I think I think that's what helps me write is by kind of removing my myself and putting it into a story rather than me sitting there, you know, typing every single key and every single word. I'm I'm not really thinking about what I'm writing. I'm just kind of like putting myself in the moment. Yeah, and trying to just see what comes out of that.
3: And it
1: can be a mixture of logic or even imagination. Yeah, of course. It's always, the line always go, and it's kind of a Mm. a, a graph of sine or cosine. It's literally a wave of here and there, a positive and a negative. It's always a logical or imagination. Right,
4: and I mean, if it's a logical, that probably means you have really unrealistic characters. Exactly. Or like your characters are saying something that, like, okay, they've said this before, this doesn't make sense, why are they saying this now? So, I mean, I think your logic really comes into play there when you're, trying to build a character you know, yeah. and make them feel real. Makes sense. Yeah.
1: Talking about uh, writing, talking about art and movies, uh, in, in the world of movies and art in general, uh, so talking about movies, writing uh, stories and everything, uh, the one thing that is really uh, affecting movies and writers are the criticism on the art or on the movies. Um, have you guys ever criticized a movie that, like, you watched and you hated or you loved it? Do you guys think this criticism is all a positive or a negative
3: thing? Yes, um, it's really important. Like criticizing is really important because if everyone did anything and it was not criticized, then we wouldn't really have a definition or we wouldn't really have something that's, you know, no one else can do it, right? There had like someone makes an amazing movie like the first trilogy of Batman right which I think was amazing wait you mean the, uh, Christian bales Batman okay Christopher right? uh, Batman. which was amazing Dark Knight Dark Knight yes and even that movie at that time had criticizes right if if every movie had no criticism everyone would make whatever movie they wanted right we wouldn't have a good art a piece of art right? People have to mention your mistakes. People have to say, well, this, anyone could do this, right? But only a true artist can make a perfect movie. Right. You know, so criticism is a really important tool. If there is such a thing. (laughs) (laughs) If there is such a thing. In a world where true
1: artists are always getting criticized, which is actually our world. Um, You know, it's so much... Sorry to interrupt you. Please, go ahead. Um, So much of it is just,
4: you know... Anytime anyone puts one idea out there, someone else will have something to say about it. Exactly. So, you know, criticism, I think, is really just uh, a side effect of having a language and having ideas. You know,
3: Yeah. Also, I think you should, like, sometimes you
0: just, like, not listen and do what you want. (laughs) Well, of course. If, 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 If every time you have an idea, someone just
3: hits you with them and be like, no, that's not good, and you never did anything, then what would be the point? Yeah. Sometimes you just have to not care and do what you believe in, what you want to do. And at that, at some point, when it reaches somewhere good, you will find people who will enjoy what you did. Right. Right? Because we have 7.4 billion people on Earth. It's impossible to make all of them happy. Mm-hmm. Right? Of course. That, that's where we have that's to enter like the realistic world where everyone have different ideas and everyone is satisfied with a different thing. Yeah. So there's also that idea.
1: I agree. Like, criticism to the extent of disbelieving uh, the, the artist from making what they are doing actually will uh, destroy the, the purpose of that uh, journey that they are trying to make so if an artist try to uh, always take the criticism to, him, to himself he can give up the art that he's trying to make and it's always good to you know ignore uh, some criticism towards uh, your own art to, to actually create what your belief and your goals and your uh, ideas and um, the image the imagery that you are trying to become uh, in my opinion uh, criticism is it's a, it's a tricky part to all a- accept the criticism of, uh, of, of people on your art it can be anything um, it's, it depends on uh, what criticism, what's the point you're getting from that criticized Opinion. You can always uh, listen to someone who criticise my uh, my book or my writing, and take the good points about it, and, and you know stay away from the negative parts, so that you always have this updated idea of what you're doing. Uh, it's it's it's. I think it's a useful tool for a writer, a creator, anything to to become uh, to become a true artist. In my yeah, opinion. actually, I
2: guess sometimes it just makes their art much more stronger. Honestly. And uh, the point is, it depends on how they're going criticize, to uh, criticize that art. Mm-hmm. I mean, like it should be in a creative way, you know? Right. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah, yeah that, that's I mean, the main point.
4: Yeah. We should be very clear that there's that there is a difference with constructive criticism yes. versus just, yeah. You yeah. just, you know, Same spouting time. an opinion about something, you know, if you actually have something constructive to say, yeah. then it's valid. And I feel like it's important to listen to that as an mm-hmm. artist. I mean, at the same time, you have to have thick skin. Of course, you know there will be people that hate your work, which is fine. I yeah, mean,
3: but even that could be useful sometimes, right? Yeah, you could have yeah. like you could write a book, and someone could criticize it to say that this book is really weak, right? And then you could ask them what was weak about it, and they would, they would mention something, and it could some, it could be something that you've never thought about before, right? Right. It yeah. could but I like that, that would flawed, be constructive. Work, that would be constructive, right? Yeah. yeah uh, it, but it just makes our it stronger. Actually. All criticism doesn't start. Uh, Constructive, yeah. right? It always starts with no. This is bad. Stop it. Yeah. Because it's, it's but conflicts. if you tolerate it a little bit, it will build up to something better. that's yeah. that's something that
1: because it conflicts the, the their own belief that oh my god, your perspective, or your perspective, your idea is completely different from mine. So wh- why are you thinking like that? So it's kind of mm-hmm. an offensive mechanism of our own uh, yes, psychological right. body, like brain, to, towards that art. Have you ever got criticized for this podcast that you made, Jeremy? Um, I mean, Philips Apocalypse, the story. I mean, we're still pretty early, so...
4: I mean, we haven't had, you know, a massive... Yeah, yeah it's, been, it's been pretty positive so far, which I'm very happy about, yes. but I mean, um, just from my own experience as a musician, um, we deal with criticism every day, because in order to learn an instrument well, you have to have a teacher and you know what's your teacher's function tell you mistakes exactly to help you fix your mistakes and in order to do that you have to constructively criticize someone so I mean that's something we deal with every day um, when we're learning uh, our specific
1: instruments it's just kind of
4: it's how you learn and become better exactly essentially
1: Uh, I was remember I remember that uh, before the first episode of uh, Philips apocalypse Fire, Mm -hmm. uh, where you can now listen in iTunes and SoundCloud. What else do we have it? Overcast. And Overcast. Uh, That was just a small uh, advertisement there. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, When you guys, uh, before you post that, you had this uh, kind of audience test that you wanted to try, the Mm -hmm. alpha or the beta test that you wanted to try, and uh, you send it to some people and they listened. Mm -hmm. And... uh, have you got any criticized have you guys got criticized about that episode where it was kind of um, constructive towards the direction of Philips apocalypse
4: uh, I think so i mean um there was there was a, a wide variety of uh, opinions about certain different spots in the episode you know maybe um someone didn't quite catch that there was uh you know like dog footsteps hmm on the floor above when he was waking up when he heard something so they you know they thought maybe there was a person up there um they weren't sure if he was going upstairs or if someone was just going someone downstairs else was coming downstairs there was something like that but um i mean the the conclusion essentially was the same you know it all kind of led to the same they knew someone went somewhere exactly but um yeah i mean it's it's difficult because we don't have that advantage of of uh of a visual to kind True. of make everything clear. So in, a, in an audio drama, uh, it's you have to be quite imaginative in how you're writing so that um, you can sort of tell how someone else will listen to it. True. And if it will be clear or not, or if you need to fix something or, I mean, I feel like we did a pretty good job, but you know, there's always more to learn.
1: You have a perfect example is that three of us, me, Reza and Amir, we are the ones that actually, Including from 15 people that you guys actually try, we tr- we listen to the episode. Mm-hmm. First time I listened to the episode, I genuinely enjoyed it. When I yeah, yeah the night after work, when I got home, Ben was uh, at my place and said, Shab, uh, "Shahab, I want you to listen to this episode and tell me your honest opinion and be negative as much as you can." And I said, "Okay, fine." So my plan that night was to hate the episode, right? <laughs> to try to like you know criticize us as much as I can, like to hate the entirety of its idea. And when I listened to it, I couldn't find anything bad about it because I genuinely enjoyed the music. And I talked to you later after that. I genuinely enjoyed the music about that podcast, the the story behind it, the dialogues, the monologue of Phillips, the explanations and the sound effects of that episode. So there was nothing else for me to hate or criticize About that episode So it was It was really enjoying What do you guys Thought about
3: When you listened To the first episode I really liked The uh, Phillips Apocalypse It really I really enjoyed Listening to it It made me reflect And have a lot of Connections to it um, I Would say It was Realistic Like if It was fictional Right mm-hmm. That was the genre Of it mm. I guess And if that were to happen it was a what if situation right what if situation right so if that happened that's probably how it would go you know we would like to argue about different ideas but i really like that i'm i'm I'm, i can't wait to listen to the other episodes as well because i kind of already have like a prediction of where it's going and it's not a happy thing but no. <laughs> I mean, I'm hoping to be disappointed but we'll see but I really did enjoy it and I can't wait to ladies and gentlemen sounds. keep bringing your tissues
1: around you're gonna have some a lot of tears happening I don't Weeps. know why I'm I saying that wiping <laughs> around it no,
2: go ahead Well, uh, for me, I really actually, I really like the like effective sounds that you guys usually use in your uh, podcast and yeah, the point is uh, the view, the guy the guy having his in your podcast yeah that was awesome actually the way he was looking to the future and uh, the way he was trying to survive that that was freaking interesting for me actually okay yeah Yeah. finding food in the like a very very old house and and also and confronting like the the huge dog it was a wolf or dog it was a wolf Yeah. yeah it was a wolf i was thinking about actually so yeah and uh now, I think that was a idea but he saw like the hope uh, hopeness in the both eyes actually mm-hmm. and, which was amazing I mean like yeah the,
3: it's a good thing you, you made me remember yeah when I listened to the first episode it made me kind of imagine like a well and where Philip was falling down more and more to the well and at the end of the well where there was water it would be his death mm. and as he got closer and closer and closer he saw a mirror of himself. In this case a wolf yeah right and it kind of remembered his past as it is where he was and where he is it had a real true it kind of reminded to another tv show that i watched as well uh it's called mr Robot, hmm. oh. and i really liked it because it was i want to say pessimistic in okay. a way the, the the mood i i kind of got from it was pessimistic but it was a good pessimistic, it wasn't the one that was well, like, what's the point of like doing it, you know? It was pessimistic to learn something from it, so I really enjoyed that part as well. I just remembered one thing, um, when first time
1: uh, I listened to the first episode, the moment that uh, Philip was trying to collect items in that house, it reminded me of a game that I recently played, it's called This War of Mine the little Mm, ones mm -hmm. it's about an uh after after effect of a war happening in united united states and people are trying to survive the game is about survival of random people coming together and trying to survive a war situation on the world where they are in a house and they have every night they have to go and raid a place to collect some supplies and uh the concept of the psychology of how alone they are. It's really interesting that game because uh, your character or your characters can actually become sad or depressed or happy or, you know, angry or mentally Disordered on on fighting others uh, in their own house. It was. It just remind me of that. I don't know if you guys played that game. It's super fun to play it and depressing at the same <laughs> time. But it was. It was. That's what I remembered because it was completely the idea of you have to find the water. You have to find a backpack. You have to find the machete. The machete that the knife that uh, Phillips found. So it, these things just remind me of that video game. Yeah.
2: Right. The point is he had the gold. Actually, I mean like. Uh, most of the time, when someone could try to survive, it's just surviving, you know, finding food and le- live for one, another day, another day, and goes on like that. But he had some goal in his mind and he tried to reach them. Actually, that was a really interesting part as well.
1: We could say all these uh, things that we said right now are the criticism or uh, the constructive criticism towards an art. It's a beautiful
0: thing.
4: We I think going into it, our goal was to really have, um, a trifecta, uh, in this, in this production, which was, uh, quality storytelling, uh, good music yeah. and good acting. Yeah. We really wanted to kind of have those three elements at the best possible. You can high height that we could achieve with what we have right now. Um, so yeah, I mean, that was just so you know, that's kind of our, our goal was those three things going into this project.
1: And what are we uh, looking forward for Philip's Apocalypse? What is coming for us right now?
4: Well, the story, um, it takes, uh, it goes a very interesting direction. And these these lost episodes uh, will all tie into uh, the main story at some point. And I think when you realize how they do, uh, it'll be uh, quite shocking. It's a chapter within a chapter. Yeah, exactly. It's like... um, it's like side material essentially
1: uh when are we hoping to get the second episode of the podcast of uh, actually no i'm sorry you have a plan for uh, the podcast? Yeah. the rest of the episodes of the uh, Phillips apocalypse yeah so
4: we are um we are planning to do a simultaneous uh, season one release because uh, i think um people will want to binge listen yeah uh, with the direction we're taking
1: that's interesting all right so that was our second episode thank you guys for coming thanks Reza, amir and jeremy to sit with me today and thank you for having us yeah for sure thank you for having us we will uh we might see you guys again in the episodes of coming of past bedtime talks thank you guys for listening and have a great day
0: we hope you enjoyed this episode of past bedtime talks thank you so much for joining us join us next time as I sit down with other enthusiasts, creators, and listeners for another roundtable discussion. Have a good day and night.